Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm not even going to lie and say that I have it 100% figured out every single day. I, I still sometimes I'll get a mean comment or something like that. And it'll take me right back to that seven-year-old girl who's crying and asking God why she had to have man arms. You know, like I had to really work to shift the narrative in my head, understanding that fitness isn't about necessarily everything that you're trying to lose, inches, fat, cellulite, whatever it is. Like you're, it's not about shrinking yourself. Your best self your is not synonymous with your smallest self. My best self is actually something that I'm going to grow into rather than shrink to become. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod, everybody. Hope you are doing amazing. You are going to love our guest today. I literally just fell in love with her after this interview. She radiates. Like, I'm not even going to fill in the blank after the word. Like, what does she radiate? This woman just radiates. Joining us today is Danielle Wilson. She is a motivational fitness instructor who empowers women to train like an athlete feel confident in their bodies and focus on achieving personal gains like confidence and strength rather than fitness losses, weight and inches. She's a lifelong athlete. She's an athletically built woman of color. And Danielle uses her platforms to inspire body positive messaging for everyone out there, especially those who have been underrepresented in the fitness industry. This episode had both Danielle and I like on the verge of tears, but also feeling like we wanted to run 10 miles because we were so hyped. So I'm hoping it gives you all the same feeling. Before we jump into the podcast, I want to give a shout out to Han Caitlin 96 Han took the time out of her day to leave this review and it brought such a smile to my face today. It says, a best friend like no other. She gave RealPod five stars and said, this podcast is phenomenal. Victoria makes you feel like you're sitting on the couch with your best friend debating life over some pizza. She brings a very real and honest element to today's world, reminding everyone that you do not need to be perfect. Han Caitlin 96 thank you so much for this review. This is all I want in life. Like literally all I want in life is for people to feel like they are listening to a conversation with their best friend and debating life over some pizza. So thank you so much for commenting this and taking the time to review RealPod. It means so much to me and it really helps out the show tremendously when you guys leave reviews and ratings. So if you are also enjoying the show and you keep coming back every single week, I would so appreciate if you take the time out of your day to go to iTunes and 
leave a review. I promise it takes like literally 10 seconds to leave a rating. And then if you want to go the extra mile, you can leave me a review. And then next week, you just might be the special shout out. Last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you have not subscribed already. If you hit that subscribe button, you will get the automatic download every single Wednesday so you never have to worry about it and you can be the first person to hear my new episodes. Okay, we're right about to jump into this episode. I want to let you guys know that Danielle and I are going to reference a TikTok video and an Instagram video, and I put those in the description in case you want to check those out. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with a true queen, Danielle Wilson. I've been on your Instagram today for obvious reasons, but I saw you like dancing and I was like, she just has the vibes going right now. (laughs) So embarrassing. I always forget that like, I'm not just in my house by myself when I like actually post that type of stuff, but no, you just gotta, you just gotta dance around sometimes. Good vibes, good energy. That's how I feel too. I'll post something really just in the moment. And then 10 minutes later, I start to see the views and I'm like, oh my God, should I delete that? I think I did that last night. <laughs> yeah. I posted something and then deleted it immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, ooh, 2,000 people, 7,000. I'm like, oh Lord, I can't, yeah. I don't even know 7,000 people. Like, that's crazy. I know you might not know a lot, but like for me to like wear my like hair like natural like this today is like kind of a big deal for me. Just really? kind of like it looks yeah, amazing I, and you're I, you radiate confidence right now. That's surprising. <laughs> surprising. But you know it's it's just it's just me another step like embracing like just my natural self and my natural form and really trying to like radiate confidence in that to give other people permission to do so as well. You know, is this just something you've decided to do recently, but previously, you know, it's, it's something that I used to be self-conscious about. I think growing up more. So this is kind of like a segue, just like, you know, being a little black girl in the predominantly white school, you know, embracing like my blackness and like from a cultural perspective was always kind of something I shied away from. So not saying this is the first time I'm wearing my hair curly, but it's something that I don't normally put on social media because I always felt like I needed to like have my hair done. I needed to have my straight hair. I needed, you know, it had to be fixed in some way. And now I'm kind of, you know, embracing just this as is, you know, so nothing like groundbreaking. (laughs) No, but it is groundbreaking. And it's wild to think about how culturally just the beauty standard has made you feel like you felt like you couldn't wear your hair naturally. And that now with all the confidence and everything you do, you are just realizing, Hey, it's totally okay for me to wear my hair naturally. Yeah. And it's, it's not that I felt like I couldn't, it was just like, I felt like it was I don't even know how to explain it, but just something that would make me stand out in a negative way rather than a positive way or would take away from certain opportunities for me. You know, it felt unprofessional to wear my hair like this to work or things like that. Like back when I used to work in corporate America, but now it's, it's something that I, I feel comfortable enough to embrace and share. Like yesterday on my story, I posted me like taking out my braids 
And there, I got so many comments of people like, oh my God, I've never seen this process before. Like, this is so interesting. And I'm just like, it's, it's just kind of taboo for black women sometimes to share how we get our hair the way we get it, because it does take extra love and effort, you know? So it's, it's just a process that normally I don't share or wouldn't share, but especially being black history month, I was like, you know what, we're just going to let all the culture hang out today. (laughs) I love that. No, I seriously love that. And your story is just so unique and special because you've had, it seems like many kind of revelations throughout your life, whether it was working in corporate America or whether it was growing up as an athlete and you were an athlete from a young age, right? You started with gymnastics and was that competitive? Like you were hoping to pursue that? Yeah. So, you know, the goal when I started, I was put in gymnastics when I was like two or three years old. Honestly, just because my mom was like, this girl is way too much energy. I don't know what the heck to do with her. So she put me in gymnastics to just kind of channel my energy into something productive and it stuck. And, you know, the goal as a young gymnast is always to go to the Olympics. So I was doing gymnastics competitively in the gym six days a week. Gymnastics was my entire life up until sophomore year of high school when I, my body, kind of just was fighting me. Like, you know, the best, best gymnasts in the world are, you know, Simone Biles is what, like 4'10", 4'11". <laughs> yeah. And I'm 5'11", six feet almost. So my center of gravity was off everything. Like my body was just fighting me and you can only pull the uneven bars so far apart. <laughs> so I had to start, you know, just like changing skills to even be able to do them on the like equipment. Which is interesting because sometimes they say if you start gymnastics young, it like stunts your growth and you become short, but not for yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, no, you're you're absolutely right. It did. I was five five pretty much my entire childhood. And as soon as I quit gymnastics, I grew five feet. You know, I, I started developing everywhere else. It it just really um because you have that such low body fat percentage when you're doing gymnastics, you're you're hormonally stunted from developing. So, you know, my body just was like, we're trying to grow up here. What are you, what are you doing? So yeah, it was tough. I want to take a moment to talk to you all about Amp Human, who is sponsoring this episode. Amp Human is a performance company dedicated to helping athletes at all levels unlock their limitless potential. Their latest innovation is called D-Plus Lotion, and it's a gel-based lotion that delivers vitamin D directly through the skin, and it's the first of its kind. Just two pumps of this lotion applied to the inner forearms contains 5,000 IU of vitamin D3 to boost your immunity, improve sleep quality, and support brain function. This is such a great solution for anyone who is spending their winter indoors, working inside, training inside. I mean, as a volleyball player, I was always inside gyms and convention centers. So I wish I would have had D plus lotion then to access these important vitamins, but I'm so glad I have it now because all I do is work at home and it makes up for the time that I spend inside social distancing. Not only is this lotion a great source of vitamin D, but it's backed by clinical trials and is proven to triple, triple your vitamin D levels within three to four months of daily use. So please say goodbye to pills and say hello to D plus lotion, the easiest way to do vitamin D. You can visit amphuman.com slash real pod 
and use code REALPOD15 to get 15% off your D-plus lotion today. Once again, you can head to amphuman.com, amphuman.com slash REALPOD and use code REALPOD15 to get 15% off D-plus lotion today. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, the largest online career resource built inclusively for women. I also have the privilege of hosting our new podcast, The Females. We're here to help with real talk career advice from CEOs, authors, creatives, and other experts to give you real strategies for building a successful career all on your own terms. Each episode of The Females is sure to not only inspire, but also to motivate you to take action and move your career forward. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes and follow along on careercontessa.com. At a young age, being a gymnast, that really sculpts and takes shape. Like I'd say when you look at young female athletes, gymnasts especially have more muscle and more definition. I know you are thriving with confidence now, but I think the journey is important for people. What was your relationship like with your muscular body as a young athlete? I hated it. I I hated it. It I would honestly I re- remember, you know, there's nights when I would cry myself to sleep uh telling my mom like why do I have man arms? Like why do I have to be built this way? Why me basically? And while it was an advantage obviously in my sport, I think that having that advantage in the sport was where I felt most at home, right? So like training and in the gym was where I felt like I belonged because of my, because of my build, that was the only place that it was accepted and it was normal and it was advantageous to be strong, but outside the gym, walking around trying to like, you know, when you're young, you you just want to like look cute and like fit in and have like have friends. And I just completely stuck out. Nothing fit me the way that, you know, it fit other girls my age. And it was just, it was, it was a hard, hard pill to swallow just because you are seeing all these images of what beauty is and what it's beauty is supposed to look like. And I'm the complete opposite of that. So how, how do I begin to feel good about myself when I'm being everything I'm told is beautiful? I'm the exact opposite of, you know? Yeah. Especially at that age where people start sharing clothes, you start having sleepovers and Mm -hmm. there's a pool party with the guys and then you start becoming extra self-conscious. Yeah. So what was the trajectory like? Because you ended up, you played college cheer. So you switched kind of the similar realm though, because flexibility, jumping, flipping, that's a good transition, I think. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I'm an athlete at heart as you know, you are too. And it, it, was in my blood. I needed to do something. So cheerleading was just kind of a natural segue, I guess, to because I was still tumbling. So it was another area which I excelled in. So yes, I was the tallest girl on the cheer team, but you know, I was able to, my strength was desirable in that sense because I was tumbling. I was competing again. I had my team and, you know, I did that into college, but there was kind of a, a point after college where, you know, can't really be a professional cheerleader. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like, okay, I left my sport. It's like, what am I now? Like, who am I? I think a lot of us like define ourselves with the sport that we play. Like you would say, oh, I'm a volleyball player. I would be like, I'm a cheerleader, you know? So when you leave that sport, it's kind of like, right, like, who am I now? So you have to like 
redefine that. And you mentioned like, oh, there's no pro cheerleading. But even when we look at the more popular female sports, there is no USA pro for most of them, right? Other than the WNBA. And now we're starting to see changes with soccer. But a lot of us don't really have a choice. It's like, hey, leave the country and your family behind to pursue a professional sports career or like, sorry, you worked your whole life to become really elite at this and now you can't do it anymore. Exactly. Did you have kind of an identity crisis? I definitely had like a mine. Uh, I had a minor one, but because I shifted directly into content, I felt that safety mm-hmm. net. But I know you had a different journey in brand building and getting to content. Yeah. I mean, so this is going to date me and make me feel really old. But Instagram was like just coming out when I was, you know, graduating college. So it was, it was new. There was no, like, it was just Instagram. You could just post pictures. Like there was no videos or anything. So, you know, after college, I kind of went through this, like, all right, I'm going to move to the city. Like I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm going to get a corporate job and just kind of do what's expected of me at this point. You know, did you feel a pressure to just completely leave sports behind? Like usually when you graduate, it feels like you just got to like forget that part of your life. Exactly. Yep. It's kind of like, all right, childhood is over now. Now you're an adult. Like you have to provide, you have to start this journey to be successful in a way that other people deem like approved kind of. Cause like this lifestyle, if I were to tell you that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing now back then, they would have been like, you're crazy. Like, what do you, what do you mean content? Like, what do you mean content creation? And so uh, there definitely was a a period where, you know, I, I like full disclosure, I fell into some probably unhealthy habits. Like your first time living in the city. I'm in, I live in Chicago. So I'm like Wrigleyville. It's a party atmosphere. It's like, just like being back in college, except now we all have money because we have jobs, you know? So it was just very much like a one big party. And it got to the point where you know, my body and just like my mindset and everything, I was, I would look in the mirror and be like, I don't know who this person is anymore. Like without that athlete piece, without that purpose, I was like, okay, one, why, why would I go to the gym? First of all, I don't have my coach telling me what to do. I don't have to go to practice. So how does, I've never gone to a public gym before. How does fitness fit into my life? And like, how, who am I without this athlete piece. Yeah. The public gym. I love that because it is like just so it it sounds so privileged, but it's the truth because we're just used to this facility that's like branded in our colors and we're going to walk in right. and know everyone and we don't have to pay for it. And <laughs> right. And you're going to be told what to do and like how to perform when we're training. Right. It's like, okay, we're doing this to excel at this skill. We're doing this to get better here, to improve endurance so we can last longer in our game so I can get through my cheerleading competition um, without, you know, healing over on the mat. But then when you leave, it's like, okay, now I'm supposed to be focusing on counting calories. Like, what the heck? Like, what? I never have counted a calorie in my life. So it, it was just a very weird, like awkward transition that was not normal. 
Yeah. And it's a big adjustment because you mentioned the calories. It's like, you probably weren't thinking about that as much because you worked out a ton. And now you're like questioning your own appetite and your own portions because you're like, wait, I don't have practice. And so you went into corporate America and I want to like, I want to hear this story because I also (laughs) am a big fan of if any of my friends like remotely, this is kind of a joke, but if they're like, I love to cook. I'm like, then you should go be a chef. I'm like, quit your job and pursue your passion. (laughs) Because we see too many people just kind of do things they don't want to do because they chose a path when they were really young because it felt right. Their parents thought it was right, you know. Yeah. I so I I had a marketing degree from school. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to get a marketing job now. So I bounced around from internship to internship, getting experience. And then I landed at a company that honestly, I I could not say a bad word about them. It was a phenomenal place. I loved my boss. She was amazing. My team was amazing. Like I had no real reason to leave besides the fact that like, I didn't feel purposefully driven every single day. I did not feel fulfilled at all. And so I started kind of teaching. I would go work out at different gyms and I walked into this one group class, like a group fitness class. And the coach was like, okay, like you're an athlete. Like, who are you? Would you want to coach here? And I was like, yes, I would, you know, I'd be interested. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So I started teaching this group fitness class that was really performance-based, athletic driven, high intensity interval training, helping people move like athletes. I was speaking to them like athletes, which I think is a huge piece as well. And I just started my Instagram because I wanted to like beg my friends to come to my class. (laughs) Like at, at the end of the day, like that's how I started Instagram. And, you know, the more I kind of paid attention to how I felt after teaching these classes, how, you know, the more I'm posting and people are, you know, noticing that, you know, I'm, I'm doing something a little bit different here. I'm speaking to people differently. I'm not focusing on physical progress as much as I am performance. It kind of became more and more clear that this was what I was meant to do. And so finally I, you know, I had to have a hard talk with my boss, which was sad. We literally both cried when I quit, but I put my two weeks in and I, I never looked back. I started my, started my business and it was the best decision I ever made. It's the best decision you ever made. And it's a big decision to decide to leave the comfort of the check and the corporate ladder and like the assurance to the unknown. And especially I also was so excited to talk to you because I know people probably look at you and they say, Oh great. She's a fitness trainer. And they totally disregard the entrepreneur in you, the businesswoman in you that like worked really hard to create what you have. You know, it's like you're known to your followers for the value you bring to them, but they're not necessarily thinking about the content you've created, the strategy behind the analytics, the growth, the exposure. Um, And that part is like, there's no guidebook. I mean, you get thrown into that and figure it out. Yeah, that and that's the thing. It's like partnerships aren't guaranteed. Income is not guaranteed. You're really just betting on your dream. And, you know, you have to, the main thing with like building your platform, I always tell people is how are you going to add value to someone's day? That's the way that I approach my content is like, 
how is this post going to add value to someone's day? Is it going to teach them something new? Is it going to inspire them? Is it going to make them feel something? Is it going to make them look at their self differently? So I always try to like make sure this, the strategy behind adding value and earning that trust is it's a lot more difficult than, you know, I think people give, you know, people credit for, but you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's really about staying consistent with that too. So it does take a lot of work behind the scenes. Now, did you have full confidence in that switch or did you seek any help or guidance in gaining the bravery to do that? So I had, you know, I had built up a, you know, a pretty substantial community at this point. So it was, I was around maybe like 10,000, 15,000, um, followers at this point, which, you know, I would still consider like a little bit of like a micro platform maybe. So I had a little bit of confidence in that sense, but I did seek out the help of a life coach. And I think life coaches don't get enough credit. And I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to admit that they might've needed some help or guidance to take that big of a leap. And I, I, I think life coaches are game changers. She really just helped me get mentally organized and under, like get in touch with my own why and get me emotionally attached to why I was, you know, making this change, which is now something that I use with all of my athletes. So yeah, I I got a life coach and she helped me feel ready to make that, take that leap. You guys, I am so excited about this sponsor because you know how much I love therapy. Whether you've always dealt with mental health issues or have just recently started to experience some struggles due to the pandemic and everything going on, or if you just want to talk to someone, right? Because we all need a good vent sesh. Why not have it with a professional at Talkspace? Talkspace is an online therapy service that lets you send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the Talkspace platform 24-7. With Talkspace, you set goals with your therapist and they hold you accountable and make sure you're really progressing. Therapy can really help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, and really be a guiding light. It was truly all of those things for me. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy, and instead of waiting for an appointment, you can engage with your therapist five days a week. As a listener of RealPod, I am so excited to tell you that you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. Make sure you use code RealPod to get $100 off your first month. Head to Talkspace.com and use code RealPod to match with a licensed therapist today. I'm a big fan of the help seeking. I think in one of your videos, you said it's like work smarter, not harder. Why would you not go ask someone for advice or guidance on something that you don't have all the answers to, but this element of finding your why, I mean, you are big on this. It is all throughout your content and your pages. I want to just sink into this. What does it mean to find your why? How, how can someone do that? And if you want to share what your why is, I'd love to hear. I have a bunch of whys. I feel like, I feel like I have a bunch of different things that are driving me at all times, but yeah, I, I think finding that why is so crucial because I know what it has done for me. It's what gave me the opportunity to live the life that I'm living now to chase my dreams. So like, I, I know how powerful when you attach yourself to that is like, I know the potential that it has just because 
of what I, you know, leaving my job and continuing to find building and building this platform every single day, it takes work in it. You know, some days you might get two likes on your post, you know, that you've slaved over for so long, you know, so you have to just keep going. You have to be able to focus on that bigger picture, that why, um, what's emotionally driving you. So when I sit down with an athlete that tells me, oh, hey, like I, I want to do this challenger program because I want to lose 10 pounds, I would look at them and be okay, but why? And then, so I call this like the five why scenario. And they would tell me like, okay, well, I want to lose 10 pounds because I want I have this dress I want to fit into. And I'm like, okay, but why? And so I asked them that five times and the more they have to think about why, and they go deeper and deeper and deeper, that dress turns into, I've never felt comfortable in my skin. And I just want to, you know, I just want to be able to feel confident for once in my life. And if I say, okay, but why? Then it, it gets deeper to, you know, when I was growing up, I had these issues with my body and I want to set a, an example for my own daughter. And then I'm like, okay, that's your why. That's why you want to start this program. Not because you want to lose 10 pounds. It's because you want to embody the confidence that you want to pass on to your daughter. Like that is an emotional why. If you're not emotionally attached to your why and it's something skin deep, like losing pounds or fitting into a dress or looking good, that's all subjective and it's superficial and it's not going to last. You need something that you are going to feel emotionally tied to, to make you do something different, to keep you on track, to get you up off the couch when you're not feeling it. You know, if you're not emotionally attached, it's not your why. Sometimes like I even tear up thinking about my why. Dude, I'm like tearing up. This is chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Don't cry on me, sis. Don't cry. No, but like I'm like, you can see my eyes watering because as soon as I said that, like my my brain switched to my why. Okay. Yeah. Let me why you right now. Why does this spark so much emotion for you? So I'm really going to try hard not to cry (laughs) today, but I think my why hits, it hits so deep for me because it has to do with the most important person in my life, which is my mom. Um, I watched my mom struggle growing up as a single black mother. I watched her do everything in her power to provide for me, to make sure I never felt like I was going without. She went without so often, so I didn't have to. I just hold my mom in such like a high regard and I have so much respect for her. And she's my best friend and my biggest motivation. And my goal in life is to just, you know, make her proud, to be the best person I can be, to make her proud. So whenever I think about my mom, I just like, I get emotional because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I, I'm not showing up on Instagram because I want to get likes. I'm not showing up on Instagram because. I want to make money, really. I'm showing up on Instagram because I want to be the best version of myself to for my mom because she sacrificed so much for me. Like, how dare I waste that? Yeah. Dang. And so has your mom had a moment with you where she said, Danielle, I'm proud of you? Like, given you that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. She tells me every day. (laughs) 
Okay. So then after that, so here, <laughs> I'm, I'm on my second why. So she has yeah. given you the affirmation that she is proud and you have achieved success in her eyes. So then why keep going tomorrow? Because like, that's not my only reason, you know? So I think there's, there's so many, there's so many things and I'll, I'll go even a little bit deeper for you growing up as a little girl who like, there was no representation for her who didn't feel beautiful, who felt, who was literally called Dan, the man, um, in school and who just tried to do everything she could to hide her strength and hide her abilities. I show up every day for little girls who may feel the same way that I felt. Like it's incredibly awesome to hear like, you know, from like people our age, like twenties, thirties that are like, Oh my gosh, like, this is awesome that we're talking about this. Now I felt the same way, but I'm doing this for little girls right now who need to be able to look at an Instagram platform and see themselves and understand that their strength is beautiful. It's a, it's desirable. It's something worth having. It's not something they should hide because I felt so awful for so long. I do it for them. So how did that shift come about that appreciation for the muscles and the body? Because on a smaller scale, I resonate with what you're saying. I certainly felt like I was losing my femininity or I was less desirable as a girl because of my muscle as a college athlete. I'm just curious how you came to the other side of that because everyone does it differently. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to lie and say that I haven't a hundred percent figured out every single day. I, I still, sometimes I'll get a mean comment or something like that. And it'll take me right back to that seven year old girl who was crying and asking God why she had to have man arms, you know, like, so it is a process and it's never going to be a hundred, hundred percent perfect just because of the world that we live in. But I had to really work to shift the narrative in my head to one lead with gratitude. Like, okay, Danielle, like instead of putting your body down for all the things you'd like to change about it, what are you grateful for that your body is allowing you to do today? How can we be grateful for the body that we have right here, right now, today? And then two, understanding that fitness isn't about necessarily everything that you're trying to lose, inches, fat, cellulite, whatever it is. Like you're, It's not about shrinking yourself. Your best self is not synonymous with your smallest self. You know, It's not synonymous with your skinniest self. Your, your best self and fitness in general is about everything that you stand to gain, strength, power, endurance, mental toughness, mental clarity, respect for yourself and respect for your abilities. So for me, it's, it's been really, you know, constantly reminding myself of that shift that my best self does not mean my smallest self. My best self is actually something that I'm going to grow into rather than shrink to become. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. And now I'm thinking, now I'm getting like motivated. I'm getting the energy, (laughs) which is why I want to ask you how people can find this motivation, right? It's easy when I'm sitting here with you and I'm hearing you say this, I want to go start running and being active and showing respect for my body. It's a lot harder tomorrow morning when it's 6am and I'm tired and I just want to go back to sleep. So 
what are ways that you stay motivated and you get yourself to do things on days you don't want to? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that. Why I would have everybody like right now who's listening and you, you have a goal, you want to do something, write down that goal. And then that's great. You got a goal. Awesome. But why? So then literally write it down, write your goal and then say, okay, this is why. And then write, but why answer that? But why answer that and go through that five times. So you can really just have a reflective moment for yourself to get in touch with that. Why? And I I will tell you, sometimes it, it, it might take more than five whys to get there because you really have to dig deep. Finding your why is hard because you really have to confront some things that might not be so happy and pleasant about yourself. So, you know, defining that why, and then also being able to judge your performance rather than just focusing on what you look like in the mirror every single day is everything. So when I have my athletes start a program, you can take progress pictures. That's awesome to track body composition, but day one, you're doing an upper body strength test. You're doing a lower body strength test, a core strength test. You're doing an endurance test, just like we would back in, you know, our training days, right? Like that our coaches want to know where we're, our performance level is at. So day one, that's what it looks like for every single one of my programs to be able to help people shift their mindset from, okay, I'm solely doing this for a physical goal, but now it's, it's about performance about, it's about more, about something that's more than skin deep now. Yeah, because that's actually what's going to last long is what your body's doing for you, not how it looks. Right. So your best version of yourself is over here. And that that worst version is always over here. So no matter what, you're either taking steps towards that best version or you're taking steps towards that worst version, that dark place, that depressing, anxious feeling that you want to stay away from. So the way, honestly running towards my best version isn't that motivating for me, but running from my worst version, that's what gets me up. Like that is like, it might be dark. Good. It should be because it, you should be that emotionally attached. And if you are, and it is that dark and it is something you don't want to go back to, or, you know, you don't want to experience run from it. I went through a period over the summer where I've I would say I've been lucky. I've never really felt real depression before until this summer. And I took time off social media. I didn't get off the couch for maybe two months. And it was my why that eventually got me back to who I was. It was the worst period of my life that I can remember. And I I will confidently say remembering my why and slowly getting back into things that made me feel like me and showing up for others rather than just myself showing up for my mom. That's what got me back to me. And I know hearing that probably a lot of listeners are wondering what happened. And I know it's traumatic for you. I did see that on your Instagram. So I think something I'll say is if anyone's curious to head to Danielle's page, because you opened up about that in a video. And I'm really sorry that you had to experience that. It's just wrong in so many ways. And that's a lot of what we are, we've realized this past year is how mm-hmm. things are just so far from kind of where they need to be. And yeah, it's really inspiring to, to know that 
recently you've experienced something but been able to apply everything you teach and preach to it because we see people out there who post these captions and they say these things, but do they believe it? Like honestly, in our industry, Mm -hmm. and tell me if you feel the same, I see some people and I know some people through the grapevine who do not practice what they preach. And it just kills me to think of the just the thousands that think this person is X, Y, Z and behind the scenes, sometimes they're not even nice people. So it's just hard to find those who are genuinely living out what they preach. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I've seen, I've, I've seen a lot of the same thing. And that's why, you know, for me, when I did post that video, that that video took me maybe four months to be able to work up the courage to do. Um, and I just, one, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to break down the way that I did on camera, but just, you know, when you, when you put yourself back into that position, like the emotions, like you just can't, can't help it. Um, and I think being able to authentically share those emotions and be transparent about my struggles is what's most important because people could look at my story today and just see me dancing around like everything is perfect everything is fine but that's that's not the case every single day I I do struggle and I am open about sharing those struggles and my like struggle with anxiety you know overcoming depression and things like that because those are so prevalent in you know society and I the more we normalize people having these same feelings and being able to overcome them and giving people tools to be able to overcome it, hopefully the the better people will feel and you won't feel so alone, you know, when you're going through these struggles and there'll be just a little sliver of hope for those people because I, I didn't see myself coming back from that in the beginning, like at all. I took maybe two weeks completely off social media. My profile was black. I haven't done that in three years. And then just nothing cold. And I didn't see myself coming back from that. And now here we are today talking to you and dancing around and, you know, just back to myself. So it is possible if anyone's listening and out there struggling, that it is possible. There is hope and it does get better. What are some ways you prioritize your mental health now? Because mental health and the mind plays such a big role in fitness and training. Yeah, for me, from a mental health standpoint, I used to kind of in my beginning of my fitness journey, as probably anybody would focus way too much on the scale, way too much on the physical outward appearance. And as someone who is 5'11", muscular, I weigh a lot. I like I'm 210 pounds. And for anyone, Wait, my favorite was that TikTok you posted yeah. and then you captioned it and that's on 210 pounds. I love that. I loved that caption. It did a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and honestly, it did a lot for a lot of people because they're like, you know, you taller girls on. And that's the thing. Comparison is always going to be the thief of joy. Right. Um, so I'm really I don't ever really share my numbers or anything like that, but I share them because people don't believe that I weigh what I weigh. Like I had to actually, I got so many people saying, yeah, right. 
underneath that post that I had to go because I don't own a scale. So I went to the doctor and weighed myself and showed me stepping on the scale and showed my weight um, to prove that you can look physically healthy and fit and still be over 200 pounds. Like since when is over like 200 unhealthy, you know, for an athlete or someone who's training. So, yeah. I love that you don't have a scale. Is that just because of like past triggers? I don't own one either. Yeah. And to answer your question, yes, I, that is the way that I protect my mental health being in the fitness industry. Um, just because I, when I first started working out again, I had this trainer who made me weigh in every single week and, you know, it was just awful. Like as soon as I would go up, maybe it was because I drank extra water that day or, you know, that time of the month, like none of that was taken into consideration. And so it was always just like, all right, you're not making any progress if the scale isn't going down. And that's just BS. Like that is, that's, there's so many other indicators of progress that you should be focusing on that will help maintain your mental health. Uh, Because honestly, too many people focus too heavily on the scale or solely what they look like comparing themselves to edited Photoshop pictures on Instagram and thinking that they're not making progress. But in reality, like they're, they are, they're so, and they quit because they're too focused on the scale. So, and in the act of stepping on the scale. So you talk about like the why and peeling the layers back. I've really Mm -hmm. done a lot of layer peeling with the body image stuff. And I think I was like, well, why is this body type the most ideal? Who said that? Why do we have to do what they want? And with the scale, it's like, whoa, with the act of stepping on this machine, you're basically saying like, tell me electronic device. Can I like myself today? Like you are asking this outward thing permission that you're really the only person who can give yourself. And it's so true because we've all had those days where we wake up and we feel like a rock star. And then we step on the scale and like self-esteem shatters the bubble or yeah. Or the opposite where we feel really not great. And so we go on the scale to check and we're like, Oh, it's actually not that bad. And then we feel great. And it's just like our emotions and our self-esteem is tied to this outward thing. Yeah. And honestly, that number it's, it really is. It's just the data point. Like it's crazy how, how much emotion is tied to a singular data point that in the grand scheme of things honestly doesn't matter. And on that note, I mean, you are someone who does handle a lot of negativity online. I mean, especially with the viral TikTok, which was like the coolest, (laughs) best TikTok ever. So millions of views. How do you navigate on the daily other people's opinions, other people's comments, whether the listeners are influencers or not? We all hear that stuff in different ways. So Mm -hmm. what's the best way that you navigate it? Uh, That TikTok broke my spirit for about two days. I'm not going to lie. That was that. (laughs) That TikTok was rough because First of all, TikTok, in my opinion, is kind of a toxic environment. It's kind of like Reddit, where it's very like anonymous trolls feel empowered to say whatever they want and don't have to answer their actions. I'm super lucky that here on Instagram, I feel like I've built a com- like such a supportive community that I'll only have to weed out one or two trolls that come after me a week. But that TikTok getting 
told that I look just manly, basically. Um, People questioning whether I was a female or not and just like questioning my femininity so publicly and so many people, like hundreds of thousands of comments of trolls was like, okay, whoa, like, do I have a right to be confident? Like, do I, like, it made me question my confidence. It made me question myself. But the only thing that I can think to like tell people a way to keep going and to navigate that is, and again, I'm going to go back to my why. It's that I need to continue to show up for people that look like me. I need to continue to show up for women that want to feel comfortable in their skin. I can't be a hypocrite and not practice what I preach. If I'm not leading by example, I am not following through on who it is I want to be. So at the end of the day, I don't care what these people say. That helped me rebuild a really thick skin after that. There's not many things that you can say to me that I didn't get in the comment section of that TikTok <laughs> that could break me these days. Like, And honestly, I'm happy that that happened because it made me human and it made, it made me stronger. And now I do have a way thicker skin because of it. And it's almost fuel. Like I'm inspired thinking about all those haters and all those trolls because like you, you think that I you're like, I'm just getting started troll. Okay. You haven't even seen anything yet. <laughs> I love that so much. You are the coolest. Danielle, thank you so much. I loved our conversation today. You're the coolest. I know this is going to help so many people and I really appreciate your time because I know you're a busy, busy woman. Honestly, I just can't thank you enough for having me on here. You are so sweet, so cool. This is, I feel like we're like soul sisters. Like we both have that athlete vibe, that athlete heart. So, you know, this is just two a chat between two friends at this point. I love it. Thank you I so much. I love that. That's how I feel too. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If you enjoyed Danielle and you want to stay in touch with her, you can go to her Instagram. It is Danielle Wilson. And you can also follow her content, train with her. She is fantastic. So go over there and support Danielle, hype her up. We were so grateful to have her on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss the downloads every single Wednesday. And also, if you enjoyed this episode and it helped you, send it to a friend, send it to an athlete, send it to someone trying to find their why, share the love, share Danielle's story. You can also go to iTunes and review and rate this podcast if you have not already. It helps out the show tremendously to receive your feedback. And I love reading through your comments and hearing from all of you. It means the world that you keep coming back and listening every single week. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at RealPod. And you can, of course, follow me at Victoria Garrick. Hoping to send you all off into the rest of your day with such great vibes. As always, don't forget it. Keep it real.